there, and welcome to episode 19 of the One Life Podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Graby. Our mission at One Life is to inspire you to take risks, dream big, and to live your life on purpose. Today's episode is brought to you by the Brooks at Weatherford, a wedding chapel and event venue tucked among the rolling hills just outside beautiful Fort Worth, Texas. Whether small or large event, wedding day or corporate gathering, the Brooks at Weatherford will provide the most beautiful atmosphere for your special day. For more information, head on over to thebrooksatweatherford.com. We are so excited to introduce you guys to our new friend, Allie Worthington. Allie is the executive director of Propel Women with Christine Kane, and she's also the author of Breaking Busy and her new book, Fierce Faith. So Chris called me at 8 a.m. Saturday morning, and she said, I need to talk to you. With this book, you're taking territory away from the enemy, and you're on the front lines of this battle, and for too long, you've just been hiding in the corner when storms of life come, and you need to fight because the enemy's coming after you, and he's coming after Mark, and he's coming after your children. And I, being the mature woman I am, burst into tears and said, Chris, I haven't told you what's going on this week. Things are terrible. Everything's falling apart. Mark is sicker than he's ever been. And she said, I know. That's why I'm calling you. It is time you learn how to stand up and fight. Allie's appeared on the Today Show and Good Morning America. She's written for the Huffington Post and Fox News. She and her husband have five boys. Five boys. (laughs) Lord. It's real, y'all. And they live in Nashville, Tennessee. We chat with Allie about the crazy fun life with five kiddos, the lessons she's learned as a risk-taking entrepreneur, how she came to be the executive director of Propel, and how to rise up with fierce faith and fight the battles we're called to fight. Y'all, this thing is packed with some goodness. We have some fun. And she is just an amazing human being. She is. You're going to love this episode. So without further ado, here's Allie. Again, welcome to the One Life Podcast. We have an exciting guest with us today. We have Allie Worthington, and man, she is someone who lives her (laughs) One Life well. Allie, welcome to the One Life Podcast. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Awesome. Well, just for our listeners who don't know you, would you take a second and just introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, sure. Uh, My husband and I live outside of Nashville, and like you said, we have five boys. They are nine 11, 14, 16, and 19. So it's a bit of a a crazy Mm. life. Our house is as (laughs) messy and smelly as you can imagine. Yeah. Awesome. Um, For I have been an entrepreneur and business coach for the past 10 years. And for the past almost four years, I've had the opportunity to serve with Christine as the executive director of Propel Women. And it's just been a, a wonderful journey. And I love this crazy ride that God has me on. That's amazing. Girl, five kids. It's a real deal. We have five kids too. And I don't know how you do it. I mean, I'm going to need some tips right there because it's a crazy life over here. I mean, our youngest is nine months. So that's different than nine, but man. It gets a lot easier as they get older. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. So much easier. Yes. Well, it sounds like you got a pretty awesome uh, husband there too. Yeah. He is pretty great. He keeps everything steady and makes sure that everything's taken care of. Everyone at least has food. Did you yeah. eat food today? That's yeah. good. Well, All right. With, with boys, food is really priority. Everything right. else is secondary. 
Totally. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so true. I love it. Well, Allie, I can't wait to dive into your story. You've written two amazing books, Breaking Busy and Now Fierce Faith, which I am loving. And um, you've launched two extremely successful initiatives, Blistem and then Propel Women with Chris Kane. But first, before we jump into those, I want to go back to years ago, before this all began, before you were wildly successful and before books and movements, you were just a stay-at-home mom with dreams and ideas. Talk to us about that. How did you turn your dreams into a reality. Well, I was. And, and, you know, it's funny. People ask me what I wanted to be when I was younger, and I just wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That's all I wanted to do. And when I got to be a stay-at-home mom, I was thrilled and so happy. And after a few years of being a stay-at-home mom, I realized I was a little bit bored. <laughs> I had so many children. And I was in a bookstore one day, and I thought I would love to write a book one day. Of course, I knew nothing about writing a book. This was maybe, oh gosh, maybe 13 years ago, 12 or 13 years ago. Nice. And so that's like I just went, the beginning of the internet. Like, that's like, right? <laughs> yes. I, mean, I try and tell people that. I'm like, look, we grew up when there was no internet. Remember yeah. that? So. I literally went back to my house, had to use dial-up internet. So it was oh, you know man. painfully wow. slow with a cord mm-hmm. stretched across the living room mm-hmm. and, and Googled, how do, you, how do you write a book? How do you get a book deal? And the answer was, if you're not famous or infamous or well-connected, you can't. So just don't <laughs> even think about it. And then my next Google search was, okay, any other ways? And it was, well, <laughs> if you start a blog, you can show publishers that people care about what you have to say. So my next Google search after that was, what is a blog? <laughs> so that was 12, 13 years ago, started my first blog and just fell in love with the community, fell in love with the internet. The fact that Literally, you can learn anything in the world through Google. I like to tell people that with God and Google, our opportunities are endless. We can do anything. Like any information you want to know is just at our fingertips. So started my first blog. And then after a couple of years, um, right before the recession hit and so many people across the country were having financial difficulties, we ended up, we had too much real estate. My husband lost his job and we lost our home, went into foreclosure ended up going bankrupt and were homeless oh living with my grandfather for about six weeks. Oh my gosh. Wow. And wow. at that point, my husband and I were like, oh, apparently we need adult supervision. And <laughs> we went to the Lord and said, show us what you want for our future. Help us get our lives back together. And so he got us the next job and we moved here to the Nashville area. And I became very serious about learning how to build my own business because I wanted to be able to supplement our income. So no matter what happened with my husband's career, we would be okay. So I just stayed up late at night with a a newborn and studied how to build a business and fell in love with the opportunities and the freedom that afforded us online. And God's been gracious and has just kept opening doors for me. I love that so much. So you started blogging and then all of that happened Mm -hmm. with your house and losing everything. So you're saying your husband got a new job that Mm -hmm. moved you to Nashville? Yes. Yes. Okay. And very soon after that, as soon as we moved in, I decided that I was going to start a conference and started Blistem, which was a, a blogging and small business conference. And it was an opportunity for me to bring all of these amazing people that I had met on the internet all to Nashville and for us to learn together. And it grew into a a large, very successful event that we had every year here in Nashville. And we had one in Toronto, Canada. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. All the way to Canada. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So how long was Blistem going on? How long was the stretch of that company? It started in 2008. And the Lord told me in 2012 that he wanted me to shut it down. So at the height of success and... Oh my gosh. Say right when it started getting great. Amazing. Yeah. And, and in 2011, my husband retired because we knew that well, of these five kids, we wanted one of us to be able to be focused on him. And my business was so successful, we just decided it was going to be it was going to be him who stayed home with the kids. Right. So it's 2012. I have to sit my husband down and say, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> But the Lord told me to just walk away from this business, to give it to the co-founder. I'm not to sell it. I'm not to do anything. I'm just to walk away from it with no plan. Wow. And in my mind, my husband, who has his MBA and is a great business mind, my husband was going to say, well, absolutely not. That's crazy. I've just retired. (laughs) And he hears me out and says, well, I guess you better do it. Wow. And it took me a year to obey. So we had one more conference in 2013 and then and then we shut it down. So I, I would be lying if I said I didn't still miss it a little bit. Right. I think sometimes the Lord calls us to to lay down things that we love and that are fruitful to trust him and be obedient and get ready for the next season in our lives. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. So you stepped out of that. Did it did. still go on after you left? Or? It did not. Okay, no. it shut down completely. And then I spent a year just doing what I love, doing business coaching and helping a lot of other people grow their business or start a new business, really thrive and be happy in their businesses. And after about a year, I met Christine Kane socially. And her and her husband flew to Nashville in April of 2014. And we went out to dinner and I thought it was just a social dinner. You know, they're in town. We'll get together. It'll be fun. And she said, I'm building something new and I need you to run it. Wow. <laughs> and I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I've never been employed. I would be a terrible employee. Um, I run my own business. You don't want any of this. <laughs> and we sat at dinner for two hours. And I said at the end of it, I have to tell you no. Jesus would have to tell us both separately yet that I have to do this because I'm saying no. And she looks at me and says, Jesus just has to tell you. (laughs) Of course he did. Of course. So (laughs) I went home, didn't even tell my husband about it. Uh Didn't pray about it. Waited a, a day and finally prayed about it. And the Lord, I felt like wanted me to do it. So I sat my husband down again and said, okay, this is crazy, but this is what's going on. And again, I thought he would say, well, absolutely not. You know, you're just settled in and in what you're doing now. You know, why give all that up? And he said, well, you better tell her you're going to do it then. That's awesome. And so I, I texted her and said, I'm in. And she said, it's about time you heard from God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me, give me a couple of days, okay? Give me a, I love that. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, I love that story. One of the things I, I want to take a second, though, and talk about, mm-hmm. because one of the things we talk about is risking and dreaming and purpose. And I think there's just a lot of fear, you know, and we're going to talk about your yeah. book here in a second that really addresses that. Take me back just for just a second to when you told your husband you're going to stop. How did you not like have flashbacks of bankruptcy and yeah. moving back into <laughs> your grandparents? I mean, all of those things. Like they how had did, to be. A how factor. did you push past that? You know, you said you needed adult supervision. Like, 
Just can you walk me through that a little bit? Because I had to have been there. Oh, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. And I'm not quite sure if I'm completely recovered from it in the mm-hmm. sense that I don't occasionally feel a little bit of panic. Like, what What if everything falls apart? Sure. Because I could lose all my clients. Everything could fall apart. And then all of a sudden, we're right back to where we were. I mean, I think that there's a, a little piece of that that will always stay with me. And that's one of the reasons that I think the Lord wanted me to write Fierce Faith. Right. Um, because I didn't actually know that I had an issue with fear. But he, after I had written Breaking Busy, he kept giving me the word fear over and over again. And I thought, oh, well, sure, I'll research fear and I will help other people get over it. <laughs> but what I didn't realize at the time is that I really struggled with fear. I think for so many people, we think that we're stressed or we think that this level of anxiety or worry that we carry on our shoulders every day is just real life, that we can't we can't get out from underneath it, right? Right. Or even worse, We think if we're feeling afraid or anxious or worried, it means that we don't have enough faith. Yeah. So then not only are we worried, we're heaping self-condemnation on ourselves for worrying. And we're just picking up the tools of the enemy and doing his work for him. Right. No, it's, it's so true. It's so, so true. And so, I mean, I love that you said that. And I think maybe there's a part of it that that's good that that stays there with us because we go, okay, not that it guides us or is any way our compass, but we just are reminded and go, okay, Lord, you got me through this before. I recognize that I have to make some wise decisions here to get to the okay. other side of it. But no, I, I absolutely love that. Now, one more question, because I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I, I love talking to entrepreneurs, especially people who just are the unemployable, right? Like you said, like, look, <laughs> I, you don't want me to work for you. But I, but I would love to hear what are some of the lessons that you've learned? I mean, you've been a business coach. You do that now. You help mm-hmm. individuals and companies. What did you learn when you stepped in as an employee and now the CEO Propel that maybe you didn't fully grasp when you were doing this all by yourself out there on your own? Well, that's a great question. Well, here's the funny thing. When when I decided that I was going to do this and I said, yes, I bought all the books on Amazon on how to be a good employee because I had no idea. <laughs> so I had been running my own business for years and just never thought about it. For me, it was quite humbling because I realized there were things I was doing as a leader that weren't helpful. I wasn't empowering the people underneath me as much as I should have. Hmm. So If we were having this conversation 10 years ago, I would have told you that I was an amazing leader. But actually, I was a bit of a micromanager, and I was controlling things a little bit too much. So this experience taught me to be a better leader because I've been been wearing so many different hats Mm. through the years. Oh, that's so good. That's great. Yeah. Okay. We're going to jump into Fierce Faith because I know our time is short, but I'm so excited about this book. I've just been devouring it and I can't wait to jump in. Tell us a little bit more about your heart behind the book and kind of how it came to be. Well, sure. Well, six years ago, my husband developed a chronic illness. My husband's always been very healthy. He's the athlete in the family. He's the runner. And what we discovered was it was adult onset asthma, a very severe case of it. Wow. And for us, some months he would be healthy and the maintenance medicine would work great. And then one of the children brought home a virus, which they always are doing from school. It would turn into a serious case of pneumonia where we were worried that he just wouldn't be able to get enough oxygen. So not only were we afraid of what was going to happen next, even when he wasn't sick, we weren't enjoying life. We weren't living life. We were constantly living in this fear of what's going to happen next and when will the bottom fall out again because of health. Mm. 
And the week Breaking Busy came out, Christine called me on a Saturday morning and, and we had just had, we'd had a terrible week. We were so excited about this book launching, but he was so sick that week that every day, instead of you know celebrating this message going out to the world, we were just working on getting him oxygen and making sure he was okay. So Chris called me at 8 a.m. Saturday morning and she said, I need to talk to you. With this book, you're taking territory away from the enemy and you're on the front lines of this battle. And for too long, you've just been hiding in the corner when storms of life come and you need to fight because the enemy's coming after you and he's coming after Mark and he's coming after your children. Mm-hmm. And I, being the mature woman I am, burst into tears <laughs> and said, Chris, I haven't told you what's going on this week. Things are terrible. Everything's falling apart. Mark is sicker than he's ever been. And she said, I know. That's why I'm calling you. It is time you learn how to stand up and fight. Well, I had no idea what fighting even looked like. Mm-hmm. And the Lord showed me that, especially with fear, because we live on two levels, the physical and the spiritual, we need to learn to fight back against fear, anxiety, and worry on the physical and the spiritual. We know that we stand in the truth of scripture and we fight back with prayer and worship, but we actually need a literal battle plan. So when you wake up in the morning and you have this ball of anxiety in your stomach because you're afraid of rejection or you're afraid that something's going to happen to your kids or afraid of a million other things, what do we actually do? So Mm -hmm. I went on a journey of learning not only how to help my husband and I with our fear, But just, I'm a research nerd by heart. So looking at all the fears that we deal with, fear of missing out and fear of betrayal and going, what does the Bible say? What does the Lord want us to do? But what are really practical step-by-step tools that we can use to overcome it? Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I I feel like what you're doing through this book for women and for anyone who reads is, is kind of what Christine did for you in that moment. It's like a call to arms that we all need those people and those voices in our lives that will call us out and say, no, get back up. You're called to fight this fight. You can win this fight and you have faith. You can have fierce faith and overcome fear. So I love that you've written this. Is there a specific hope that you are praying for as people read this? Yes, I think that because of the storms of life and the fear that it causes, so many of us, we're literally just hiding in the corner, barely keeping our heads above water because you know how life is. If you're not in a storm right now, you're just getting out of one or you're ready to go in one. And what the enemy does is he uses that fear to keep us depressed and distracted and not communicating with the Lord. So my hope is that women will read this and get an individual battle plan for how they can fight back and not let the enemy use fear and anxiety as a tool to depress us and to keep us away from the Lord. That's awesome. I love it. There's a few things that kind of stood out to me right away in the book, and I'd love to dive into just a couple of them a little bit more. One of the things that you say is don't feed the fear. I love that so much. It really spoke to me. Would you talk about that a little bit more, unpack that for us? Yeah, it came from, you know, when you visit a national park and it says, don't feed the bears. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who who is feeding these bears, right? Um, <laughs> right? And then I was thinking in the same way, we shouldn't feed our fears. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was feeding my fear by watching the news every day, just little things like that. So instead of listening to talk radio and watching the news every night, I put limits on it. I would read the headlines on my phone, you know, once a day. And, you know, every week I would make sure that I was keeping up with what's going on in the world because we want to to, to be um, knowledgeable. 
but I wasn't letting myself get caught up in headlines and stories that were just going to make me anxious and upset. Because here's the thing, we can't do anything about what's going on in the world. We can pray, but knowing what's going on in another country right now, this minute is not going to do anything. So I had to say, I'm not going to feed my fear by staying constantly connected to to upsetting news, but I'm going to stay connected and I'm going to look at a certain time of day or on the weekends, catch up with everything. And it helped me not just constantly be anxious about things I can't control. Right. No, it's so I had a season, I call it my talk radio season where I was doing a business where I was traveling around a lot and I was Mm -hmm. in the car all the time. It was, this was before you could get everything on your phone. And I just realized I was getting so worked up and so upset (laughs) about all of it. And I was like, wait a second, these guys are in entertainment. They're trying to push (laughs) their thing to probably sell me something. I was like, I just need it both sides. I didn't care what side it was. It was like, okay, I need, I need to stop. But you don't even realize that yeah. that's got a control of you and it's working you up in that kind of way. And so I love this analogy. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, it's so good. Another one of the things you talk about, Allie, is the importance of having battle buddies. I love that. It's so huge. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. A friend of mine told me that in the military that they will assign battle buddies to each other. So two people who are assigned to keep an eye on each other on the battlefield, but off the battlefield. So Off the battlefield would just be, are you doing okay? Are you taking care of yourself? Are are you feeling good? Mm -hmm. And I love this concept. So someone is always looking out for each other. And I think that we need battle buddies too. We need people who are going to listen to us when we're afraid, encourage us, people who are going to support us, to hear us out, but then not feed the fears. So they'll, they'll listen to us, encourage us, but not let us kind of wallow in our fear or even worse kind of add to it. You know how two people can get together and you can get in this negative spiral and all of a sudden the world's coming to an end? Yeah. (laughs) We got to pick our battle buddies for people who are strong, people who support us, the people who bring out the best in us. Okay. So somebody no doubt is listening right now going, okay, I need a battle buddy. I need a bunch of battle buddies. Mm -hmm. How do I go about doing that though? I'm looking around at my circle and I've got some people who build me up, some people who tear me down. How would you encourage someone to move towards creating that kind of tribe around them? Well, it sounds almost elementary, but it works. And that's a look for those people who do build you up, who bring out the best in you and just invest more time in them. Make Mm -hmm. lunch dates, send a text, You just, you find the people who are very healthy for you and you spend more time with them. And then you also need to be intentional to look for the people who don't bring out the best in you and just spend less time with them. That's good advice. (laughs) I think prayer too, man, you know, those seasons where I'm like, Lord, you have got to bring people into my life to speak into whatever's going on. And he's always faithful to do that. He sure is. Yeah. I've recently joined a new discipleship group at my church and it's a group of five women. We meet every Sunday afternoon and it's been life-changing, absolutely life-changing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. All right. So we talk a lot about risking, dreaming, living on purpose. Mm -hmm. We love to ask the question about Talk about your biggest risk you've ever taken and how did it turn out on the other side? Because sometimes it's not always sunshine rainbows, but sometimes it's like, man, this lesson we had. So biggest risk you've ever taken and how did it turn out? Hmm, I think it must have been closing down my company with no real plan. Right. Um, And for me, my co-founder of the company was agnostic. Oh, wow. So I had to call her and say, Jesus has told me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how did she respond? (laughs) 
Well, at first I didn't tell her that Jesus had told me to walk away from it and give it all to her. So I think in her mind it was like, well, Allie's in the Jesus phase and we'll just let it, we'll let it go away. Right. And then later I said, well, I'm supposed to give my part of the company to you. And she was like, well, I like this Jesus. This is, this is great. <laughs> tell me more. Um, but, and for me, I felt like I was walking away not only from what was providing for our family, but what was my inroad for, for influence right. just in the business world? Because when you run a, a successful event, everyone wants to be your friend. Right. And my fear with that was I'm not only going to lose my way to provide for the family, but all the relationships I've built. And I think it was just a really jaded perspective that I had. Mm-hmm. I'm saying goodbye to all of that. Fortunately, right. that didn't happen. But that was my fear at the time. It was a, a big risk. And I realize now I couldn't have helped Christine with Propel Women, and I couldn't be serving all of the ministries and nonprofits and businesses that I serve now with coaching had I not said goodbye to that at the time. And it would have been great if the Lord had said, I need you to lay this down, and I'm going to bring all of these things into your life next. But He just needed me to trust Him and to obey. Mm, that's so good. So great. So I guess that leads to the next question is what advice would you give somebody who's wanting to take a risk? Surround yourself with people smarter than yourself. That's <laughs> yeah. key. People yeah. who will speak truth. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes a lot of strength for someone to deliver bad news yeah, and for totally. someone to say, I don't think you're right about this. And here's why it's so mm-hmm. much easier just to simply build people up and be a cheerleader and say, yes, go. That's great. But whether it's a mentor, a coach, an advisor, someone, especially if you're taking a risk in business, you have to surround yourself with people that are are smarter than you are and more experienced than you are. Um, If you have had a God word like I did that you're supposed to do something, um, number one, do it. Number two, if it's something that you're supposed to do, your spouse is going to support it. So for me, I was sure my husband was going to hear what I had to say and then say, absolutely not. You can't do this. I mean, if I was a betting person, I would have bet who knows how much money that Mark would have stopped me from shutting down the company. (laughs) But but it was God's will. So of course he supported it. So you want to have support from, you want to have support from your spouse. You want to get God on it. And then you want to surround yourself with really smart people who can guide you into the next season. And like you said, God and Google. God and Google, that's right. What do I have around me? Like, I think that's the people who don't understand. Like, the opportunity for knowledge and learning is so much free stuff out there that you can surround yourself with mentors that don't even know that they are your mentor until you find those people locally. I think people – you just yeah. got to find it. I love it. It's great. So good. All right. Well, we're getting ready to close this thing up. We like to ask three questions before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. And the questions are this. What is a book that's changed your life? What's the discipline or habit that's made the biggest difference in your life? And what one piece of advice would you give the younger you? So first question, mm-hmm. what book has changed your life? At the time when I read it, I remember reading this book on an airplane and crying as I read it because it was so <laughs> impactful at the time. And it's Donald Miller's A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. Mm. And it's his journey and his arc of growing and maturing and discovering that he wanted to live a better story. That book for me was very impactful. Of course, I'm not going to say the Bible because that's obvious. So it's just (laughs) a book that I'm reading. Don Miller's book, uh, Million Miles and a Thousand Miles. Absolutely. That's it. Love it. That's great. All right. And then what's a discipline or habit that's made the biggest difference in your life? 
For me, I use this concept in Breaking Busy a lot, and it's the concept of my future self. So I started investing in future Allie. And future Allie could be tomorrow's Allie or next year's Allie. So on a spiritual level, I invest in future Allie by reading the Bible every day and getting closer to Jesus. On a physical level, I go to sleep on time at night because morning Allie is going to be angry at my owl alley. (laughs) So just thinking about this concept of my future self and future alley has helped me change a lot of my little habits on a day-to-day basis. I love that future alley. (laughs) That's great. And what advice would you give to the younger alley? That trusting Jesus and obeying him always turns out well. Mm, I think that it's easy to it's easy to understand that when we get a little older and we've, we've lived a lot of life and we're not quite white knuckling everything because Jesus has come through for us so many times. Mm-hmm. But when we're, we're younger, we don't have the years of struggle and being on the journey with him and having him say, okay, lay this down or go this way. And I'm not going to give you the answers now, but I need you to do it first. You can't develop that sort of trust and that sort of bravery without a lot of fires. But I would encourage myself way back when in the beginning that everything he says is true and it's also good. Mm, That's beautiful. That's great. I love it. Well, Ali, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and day to come spend some time with us and share with the One Life audience. How can people get in touch with you? How can they find you, social media, connect with you? What does that look like? Sure. AllieWorthington.com. And on social media, I'm Allie Worthington. Um, except on Twitter, I'm just Allie, A-L-L-I. Just the only Allie. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, pretty, awesome. that's pretty solid. That's awesome. And then, you know, where can they get the books? I'm guessing everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere okay. that has books, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> if it's awesome. not, you let us know. Yeah, well, I hope people do pick up the book because it's incredible and it's really going to help people overcome fear and get fierce faith. So Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Allie, thank you so much for being here today. It means the world to us. Thank you. It's been great to join you both. Well, I don't know about you, but I've got some fierce faith. (laughs) You know, hearing a story like that, someone willing to wait on God and take a step when everything wasn't completely figured out is always so inspiring. And that really really is is an example of fierce faith. I love that so much. Guys, thank you so much for listening again today, as always. You can find all the info for today's episode over in our show notes at our website, onelife.work slash podcast. You can also sign up for the discussion questions we've been sending out each week. You can listen with your spouse or your small group and discuss the things that God's showing you. Yeah, the messages and the feedback that we're hearing from you guys is so encouraging. And we're so thankful that this is impacting your life. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. If this episode blessed you, we would love you to take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with someone in your life who needs some courage. And so we're going to close this out like we always do. And I imagine folks at home are starting to repeat this with us. So I hope that you're (laughs) going to say it along with us. Remember, my friends, you only have one life. Live Live it it well. well.